Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure appreciate y'all joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it, for those of y'all that leave the encouraging notes online and other places, thank you so much. I'm very grateful for that, and I will try and use your time wisely. And hopefully it helps, at least a little bit. We have a parade of guineas that have decided to walk right up next to me. And so if they start to get really loud in a minute, we may have to move, which they have a habit of doing. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for you and your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for those men and women who have gone before us and left us steps to follow, given us guidance and wisdom because they looked to you and who have been willing to sacrifice so much to allow us to live in this land and give us the freedom and the liberties that we do have. Help us to honor their memories, to follow their example, and to turn to you, your son, Jesus Christ, as a nation. Watch over the people that listen to and share this podcast. Be with them and their families. Bless them, protect them, and guide my words today, Father. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Don't have a lot else from the homestead. Did a little more shredding out in the pasture. That's about it. Didn't get any work done in the garden, sadly. So, hopefully soon. All right, we'll get going. We're going to go back to this Churchill biography again. Uh, talked about it multiple times last couple of weeks. Uh, we will continue to. The parallels are just too good or too damning, depending upon how you want to look at it. Between the British population in the 1920s and 30s and a lot of people that consider themselves patriots, Christians, conservatives in America today. And then on the other side, we have the German population in the 1920s and 30s and uh, a large percentage of Americans on the left today. And the reason I talk about this so frequently, folks, is there is a point at which you have people in power that are so powerful that it seems almost impossible to overcome. 
I won't say impossible because like the Ohio State motto, motto all things are possible with God. But there, there does come a point where you really can almost just pick on those leaders, sort of, to a certain extent. Uh, we like to do that today a lot. We pick on national politicians, national cultural leaders, CEOs. You know, we want to put all the blame on them. But in both of these populations, uh, the the British citizens and the German citizens, they really, it was the citizens because of how they, who they elected, what was important to them or wasn't, their views, their actions led to the circumstances of World War Two and Uh, my words aren't doing real well today, folks. I apologize. But a lot of times there's a period before these great movements, both good and bad, where it's really the citizens, the everyday average citizen that that causes the outcome that you see in those really tumultuous, grand moments of history. And, and we don't focus on that enough today. Instead of worrying about all these national politicians, national leaders, whether it's culture, business or whatever, we really ought to take a good, long, hard look in the mirror. And we ought to look not only at ourselves, but at our fellow citizens around us, our neighbors, people we know down the street, friends, family, whether it's uncles, aunts, cousins, sisters, brothers, mothers, fathers, sons or daughters. And before we go pointing the finger uh, too much at Trump or Biden or Pelosi or Schumer, or Crenshaw, or Cruz, or you pick pick your target, uh, AOC, we ought to take a look at these people around us and ourselves and see if our actions aren't leading us to this place. So we're going to go into this biography. Diplomatic conversations and disarmament pacts seemed tiresome to Britons in those years. The Depression persisted. And they sought diversion in the yo-yo craze, three-trunk murders, and the exceptional seductive prowess of the middle-aged rector of Stifke, who prowled London tea shops, persuading an astonishing number of young waitresses to slip into toilets with him, assume awkward positions, and copulate. Defrocked, the vicar found employment as a tamer of lions and was eaten by one. William Manchester, second volume of his Churchill biography alone. So often today, we seek diversion, uh, particularly in the United States. You can make this argument around the world, but uh, on our phones, social media, movies, TV shows, sports, uh, and then just any screen, really, just the endless TV shows and movies that seem to grow ever more vulgar and immoral or mindless and unimportant. Pornography is rampant. Uh, the gross violence that you see so often today. And so not only are we consuming more and more entertainment, we're consuming poorer and poorer entertainment. You can see this in the schools. Uh, we have a wealth of phenomenal literature 
a history of it in English-speaking peoples. And yet, so often today, our students aren't directed toward this really great literature that would improve their vocabulary, give them uh, a solid grounding in culture and history of different moments in time in our past, but they're directed instead to modern books, modern songs, modern entertainment. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily the modern folks that's the problem because there's some really good stuff out there. Uh, the problem is that's not what our children are pointed to so often in both education and by culture. They're pointed to trash, quite frankly. You have some phenomenal teachers out there. You have some phenomenal companies out there that are trying desperately to point our children to good literature, good entertainment. But the overwhelming mass of society is not. Had a gentleman at our church who I talked about, not by name, a few times that gives a children's moment every so often. And he has talked to the children repetitively over the last six months to a year about the fact that you're going to have the world desperately trying to uh, force feed you immoral information, rules, values, things that go against God. And if you don't have that grounding in the Bible, if you don't have that grounding in the moral teachings of Christ, you're going to succumb to, you know, whatever shiny bauble the world has to offer. Uh, and so, you know, you can see here this quote. The citizens in, in Britain, and there's a number of other, other quotes in this book that we'll get to, but they, they weren't interested in what was going on around them politically or militarily. They wanted to be entertained. They, they wanted, and, and, and the more outrageous almost, the, the better. And, and we're not so far off that today. Really, both sides of the political spectrum. We want to be entertained. We want to watch sports. We want to watch movies and TV. We want to listen to music. And a lot of it, folks, even, even if it seems harmless to us, you know, it's, well, that's not that bad. We do this relativistic comparison. Well, it's not as bad as that down there, right? But we're not comparing it to God and Jesus Christ. We're comparing it to some other person here. It's a very dangerous trend. Winston had no intention of lowering his voice. Eleven. This is after he got in trouble for one of the speeches he gave in the early 30s. Winston had no intention of lowering his voice. Eleven days later, he told the Royal Society of St. George that the greater peril lay not in Berlin, but in British defeatist doctrines arising from the mood of unwarrantable self-abasement into which we had been cast by a powerful section of our own intellectuals. He said, nothing can save England if she will not save herself. If we lose faith in ourselves and our capacity to guide and govern, if we lose our will to live, then indeed our story is told. We've allowed our own section of powerful intellectual and cultural leaders 
to push us today into an unwarranted self-abasement as a country. We've let these people, uh, whether it's in culture and and sports and entertainment, uh, corporations from uh, a number of them today, uh, Target, Bud Light, doesn't matter, uh, ivory tower professors to tell us that America is not great. It's not a great land. And and we've bought into it. We've bought into this idea that, that the USA is horrible, right? We've allowed ourselves to be cowed into a corner over our faith in Christ, over our nation's history and heritage tied to that faith. People are afraid today to say, yeah, no, we were born a Christian nation, absolutely. And the best moments we've had in our history have been when we applied those principles of Christ. And, you know, it's a little different from this quote, unlike this quote, the only thing that can really save America is God. We, we can't save ourselves. But if we won't even stand up and follow his commands, he's, he's certainly going to let us go our own way and fail. And it may already be too late, but it might not be too. Uh, but the idea that, that we're not a great nation or that, that we don't have the capacity to be based on our founding faith and principles tied to God and Jesus Christ is just, it's nonsense. It's not true. And we've allowed ourselves to buy into this lie, much like the British citizens in the 1930s allowed themselves to buy into this lie that, well, we can't win. We're just not good enough. We're, we're not that strong a nation and, and we're going to lose no matter what. And it's kind of similar. It's along the same tracks. McDonald's prime minister, four years in Downing Street, he said, have brought us nearer to war and made us weaker, poorer, and more defenseless. It's a quote from Churchill, I think sometime around 1933 or 34. It's impossible not to see that these years of President Biden uh, have so far made us weaker, poorer, and more defenseless. But this isn't a new trend or revelation. This isn't something that just sprung up. It's what consistently occurs under the leadership of individuals who promote and support these evil values of the godless left. These, these persons, when placed in office by your everyday citizens, are merely a reflection of those citizens, right? Uh, they share the same values. And these are our fellow citizens, our neighbors, our friends, our family. And, and the values of the left, these values that the citizens support, that elect the politicians that support and stand for them, whether it's a national level, state level, local level, school board, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. And, and it's not just the national politicians again, folks. It's the everyday citizens. That is what makes us weaker and poorer and more defenseless. Again, before we point our fingers at all these national leaders, we need to look in the mirror really hard and see that, that they're just a reflection of us. And we need to look in the mirror really hard or, or maybe look down the street really hard and look at our families really hard and go, you know what? There's going to come a point where we have a choice. We can either choose what's right or we can choose to try and remain friends uh, or cordial with our family members, et cetera, et cetera. And we're going to have to make that decision, folks. It's coming more and more quickly each day. Uh, But just like with the British and, and McDonald and the people that supported him during those years in the 30s, the left has made us over the last several decades no doubt weaker and poorer and less strong, more vulnerable. 
God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.